Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Welcome to another Anxiety Slayer session. We are so excited to serve you and to celebrate four years in partnership. Ananga, it's so awesome to share this space with you. And it's just crazy that we haven't met each other in person yet, (laughs) that we've been doing this work from the U.S. to the U.K. And I feel like, you know, you're my sister. And yet we haven't met in person. Isn't that wild? It's the strangest thing, but I feel like I know you so well. and We have such great conversations together. That it's, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an odd way to start out a podcast, but I was just thinking about how blessed we really are to have found each other online and to come together and do what we do and stick with it and serve as many as we possibly can. And uh, this week we're going to answer a listener's question that is very near and dear to my prior life experience and think I can shed some light on it. And I know you'll be able to do so as well. So here is what we received. Hi, Shan and Ananga, your work, podcast, outreach, and wealth of resources have been more than transformational. They have been life-changing, life-sustaining, and I've only just listened over the weekend. Thank you for all of the personal and professional sacrifices along the way that led you to creating this resource. I have two questions I could use a bit of help with. So her first question is, do you have podcasts or tips for people working in industries like the media that are chronically fast-paced and stressful by nature and who are also married with small children and homeschooling our small children, which is another continuous commitment? So that's question number one. And wow, talk about a whole lot going on in your life. I can absolutely relate to working in the media because I did so for 18 years. What I noticed with my own experience is that being involved in that fast-paced environment and choosing the media for my profession, it was very second nature to me. It was that go, 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 meeting deadlines, making presentations, being on point, if you will, all the time became the way that I lived. And the way that I thought I was thriving, because for many areas of my life, I was thriving. But (laughs) for the most important part, my relationships and my own personal health, not so much. So when my daughter was born, she brought the greatest gift of all, the miracle of her birth and the miracle of teaching her mama what is truly important. And it looks like you and your husband are doing the best you possibly can with your small children, homeschooling them. Obviously, you've made that choice because you think it's in their best interest, but you've also chosen a very fast-paced career. And so there are a few things that I would recommend that you can do that would be supportive. Number one, check in with yourself and how you're planning and preparing for your daily life. Because one of the things that will be most supportive to you is if before you rest in the evening, before you lay your head down on the pillow after a a very busy day, that you've done everything you possibly can to plan for the next day. 
That means setting out your clothing, getting things ready for your children, maybe making a list of things that need to be addressed the next day, anything that you can do to help yourself prepare for what's coming so that you don't feel caught off guard by what's coming. The next thing that I would recommend is that you get to bed early so that you can rise a little bit earlier and have some time to yourself in the morning or with your children in the morning so that you don't feel so rushed. That was something that I didn't do. I would rush. I would wait until the last minute to get out of bed because I love to sleep. And I was a night owl at the time. So I really just did a number on myself and would hurry. I would rush into the shower and I would grab the cup of coffee and I would spin about and get ready and fly out the door. And for years, my husband would say, oh, honey, I wish you could just give yourself more time and more space in the morning. And he really had it figured out. And it took me a really long time to figure that out myself. Actually, it almost took me until I left the industry to figure it out. So preparing before you go to sleep, getting good night's rest, waking up a bit early, just giving yourself as much spaciousness as you can around your very fast-paced life. Those are some things that I can think of. Ananga, do you have anything that you'd like to add? I think those are all really valid points. I think when you have a fast-paced job, the thing that very easily happens is that that spills over into the rest of your life. And for my earlier working years, I was working in London, central London, commuting in and out every day. And the problem I was having was that that drags home with you on the train. And I just saw these miserable people packed on the train every day. And it was it was a bit of a shock to me because I was quite excited about starting my new my new life in work. And then I was looking at these people 10, 20, 30 years older than me. And everyone just looked grey and pinched and stressed and, and miserable. And I think that's when I started looking at coping skills. I didn't want to end up like that. So I used to use my commute time to read, to listen to relaxing music, to transition down. It's like so I had an hour commute at the beginning and end of each day. So the best I could, that became me time, as best you can when you're on a train. But I'd have nice things to listen to, nice things to read. And I began to learn from that, to try and leave things to do with work, at work, as best you can. I know it's really hard. Sometimes we would have a out-of-hours service at weekends where I'd be walking around with a massive cell phone when they were first <laughs> invented the size of a brick. <laughs> and um, I was working in the in the travel industry, so if businessmen needed flights out of hours, I was expected to be on call for that. So that came home with me. So I understand that sometimes things do come home with us, but as best we can not to spill them on other family members, as best we can to transition over into peaceful evening time. And it can be a simple thing like a bath with some candles and a, a nice book or when you come home in the evening to just relax and lay down with a guided meditation for just 10 minutes and just transition over and let all the stress and tension go so that you can then have a nice meal with your family and spend pleasant time together because everyone's got their stuff that they bring home with them and it's so easy for us to just end up comparing you get like competitive stress in the house and so much better if we can just try and calm down and transition over into a more peaceful time as best we can, preparing for peaceful sleep. It's very hard to step off the treadmill, but if we can develop tools to help us do that, then our quality of life at home becomes sweeter and our body isn't just on that constant red alert stress. Oh, really great points. Thank you so much. 
The second part of the question I found interesting and completely can identify with is how do you keep it together in those moments professionally when you're in front of a camera or personally in front of small children where you simply cannot step away, ground yourself, and certainly cannot afford to melt down. And the good news is, is you can ground yourself even in the presence of a camera or in the presence of small children. And the very first suggestion that I would share is to take a deep breath, get in touch with your breath. You can do that anywhere. Um, In front of a camera, you might not be able to take that giant cleansing breath, but you can focus on, on making sure that you're getting a nice full breath. The other piece, especially if you are in front of a camera or in front of a board of directors or making a presentation, is to take advantage of the calming point. And the calming point is a spot in the center of your palm. So if you were to take your right thumb and place it in the center of your left palm, and you just hold it there gently applying pressure and breathing. And this is something you can do with your hands in your lap. This is something you can do with your hands behind your back. It's really something that nobody will know what you're up to if you're doing it. And it will support you a great deal. It will help you ground yourself both um, with adults in a professional situation as well as with your children when you're feeling like, oh boy, here comes a meltdown. It helps a great deal. I've even used this technique with my daughter, and she has taught some of her friends at school as well, and and they have uh, had good results with it. And I know, Ananga, you've had good results with the calming point as well, and I suspect you've got some suggestions to share. Yeah, I think the thing is, again, to have tools, to have things that you have faith in that you know will work for you. In those situations, it's when we feel that we can't take a minute and we don't know what to do and we have to push on that the anxiety and the stress can escalate within us. So definitely the calming point is brilliant. Using your breath, uh, taking time again whenever you can to allow yourself to wind down because a lot of these intense emotional states that we find ourselves in, they accumulate, they build up within us. So any time that you have time in the evening or the morning to relax and to do something soothing take that time as well because that diffuses things and stops them building up when you are busy. So kind of like you're preparing in your downtime, you're making the most of your downtime so that when you're in those front and centre situations where you feel you can't take a minute, you're as uh, relaxed as you can be elsewhere so that you have a greater buffer, you have a a bit more headspace before you feel like you're going to start suffering mentally. And I think the other thing is that We do feel that we can't stop and we can't take a minute. And I think sometimes the kind thing to do to yourself is to allow yourself a minute and to understand that it really is okay to say, I just need a moment here with small children. You can just mix up what you're doing with them. If you're trying to teach and you're doing the homeschooling thing and it's not working out and the kids are crazy or they're having trouble concentrating... I have a friend who's a teacher and one thing I saw her do, which I'm really impressed by, is she'll just take the kids outside. It's like, okay, you're trying to do your maths, the the energy's not good in the room, it's just not, not happening. So they'll just go and run around outside for five minutes or go on a nature walk for five, ten minutes or she'll do some yoga with them or she'll do a guided meditation with them. There's a great opportunity there when you're working with small kids at home and you're doing the homeschooling, I think a valid part of homeschooling is teaching coping strategies to your kids. 
Oh, great point. So why not take but... five together? And if you don't want to lead them in a meditation, then download a guided meditation. Why don't you all just lay down on the floor for five, ten minutes and do it together? Take them outside right. and, you know, find some feathers, find some leaves, go for a walk. Just allow yourself that space that sometimes we're trying to push a situation, a learning, an understanding, and we really are pushing a boulder uphill. And sometimes if you just take five and go back to it, things can be very different. That's completely true. And it makes me think about one of the coping skills or coping techniques that I used when I was doing my bit in corporate America. We had a park nearby and thankfully Lake Michigan nearby. And so I would protect my lunch hour as much as I possibly could when I wasn't taking clients out or being out and about, I would take my lunch and I would go to the park. And even if I just sat in my car and just gazed out over Lake Michigan and just allowed some time to unwind, even if it was 30 minutes, it made a difference. We also had an area, a park where you could walk and they had a, a paved trail for both bikes and, and for people who like to walk. And sometimes I would just go there, have a little bite to eat, and walk around the track once or twice. Mm -hmm. I realize this doesn't sound like much, but it made such a big difference on how I could show up when I went back for the afternoon of my responsibilities. And, and no, I couldn't do it every day, but I certainly made time to do it as much as I could, especially towards the end of my career when I was realizing that I have got to show up and take care of me. Mm -hmm. Or I'm not going to be good for anyone else. Yeah, really important. Sometimes when we're suffering from stress and anxiety, those feelings feel so big within us that they eclipse the little things we can do to help ourselves. But those little things make a huge difference. It's just that stress makes you feel like everything's too hard. But it isn't. Right. That's just stress's errant message to you. That's what stress likes you to think. Nothing's going to work. Everything's too big. Everything's insurmountable. But it isn't. And these little things make a huge, huge difference. And I think it's really valuable to teach our kids coping skills. We want to raise children who have coping strategies and children who know how to look after themselves and look after their minds and know how to get grounded. And then also beyond what we need to teach our children, we can't teach our children until we learn ourselves. Yeah. And so as you work through and get a feel for which of these coping techniques work best for you and how you can best care for yourself, then you'll be coming from a place, a, a platform where you can really teach your children how to step into this place of, oh, I know how to care for myself. I know exactly what I need right now. And I'm going to take five or I'm going to listen to this guided relaxation, or I am going to go outside and collect acorns or whatever it is I need to do. Beautiful, brilliant, simple techniques that just help you find more peace in your life. Yeah, I applaud anyone who's homeschooling their children. I think it's a very loving sacrifice. Everyone who does it does it because they think it's in the best interest of their kids. And I think it does give you that room to do more of these lovely things and you can do more craft activities get their hands in some clay, anything grounding and just nice and tension reducing. It, it can be wonderful for, for everyone involved because we all know that during the traditional school day at school, there's a lot of time spent settling kids down, moving them between lessons. And it's not like when you're homeschooling, you have to be spending a rigid six hours a day doing that. There is much more headroom with which you can do much sweeter things. Thank you, Ananga. And thank you to our listeners 
continue to send us questions. We will answer them. We appreciate so much that you're writing in. And to all of our listeners who are in that fast-paced, stressful professional world and balancing raising your children or homeschooling your children, we are here to support you and wish you all the best. Thanks for listening. To celebrate our fourth anniversary, we are offering everything in the Slayer Store at 40% off for a limited time. Visit the Slayer Store at anxietyslayer.com and save 40% on all of our anxiety relief offerings until November 9th.